Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So I said for these next three rounds, while you don't have your internationals, you can just have any players that are starting that are left on my bench to fill up your spots so you don't have to, you know, so you've got a chance of winning. And he said, and his comeback was, no, but how about you give me AJ and I give you Paddy Jackson? That's a great deal. <laughs> oh, hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And uh, we're back for the second podcast of the week. The first one about international rugby is already in the feed. If you're listening to this and expecting to hear about... Uh, England v Ireland and Scotland uh, against France and Wales, Georgia, etc. Go and listen to that one above this one in the or below. Blow it, blow it, below it. Well, it depends. If you're using Phil's ridiculous podcast app, you can organise it from above or below. Oh, is that right? Mm. That is true. Yeah. I've, uh, right. Okay, I didn't know that. But there you go. Yeah. Whether it's above or below, listen to the one that's before that. This one is about. This is our midweek domestic podcast. This one is about the Premiership. Mm. Hey, boys, have you been listening to the recent developments in Brexit and politics in general? Uh, no. Have, have I got your tea, by the way? Oh, yes, you have. I think this has got sugar in it. Sorry, mate. There you go. That's all right. Apologies for that. That's fine. Um, uh, yeah, it's amazing how we can swap tea over Zoom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, have you been watching, have you been following any of the politics, Phil? Uh, not, not very closely. Is this something admit. like breaking news? No, it's just, I, I mean, I'm really struggling to follow politics recently because I'm all focused on the politics of fantasy rugby draft. Yes. I, I, I can think about nothing else. I can think about no, nothing else other than how to screw over, screw over my mates for the most worthless trade. Well, me and you have had a bad weekend. The worst. I do not know. How, I mean, I was um, confronted by a team and I looked at it and I, I thought, yeah, my, my boys can easily overturn the, this, this bunch of losers. And somehow my opposition knew to pick the winger from Newcastle who scored. Ben Stevenson. Sioli Piatau, who scored. Gary Graham. Gary Graham scored too. <laughs> These are not premium picks. Yeah. Uh, I, I was ahead and I thought I might just edge this one out. And I was going to edge this one out until the last two minutes of the Wasps-Bristol game when the player on the opposing team, Josh Bassett, decided to... Well, no, he didn't bust out of any tackles. Like, no, I'm going to change it. Bristol decided not to bother tackling Josh Bassett and cost me the game. <laughs> Did Wasps win today? Wasps won. Last minute try. Christ, I turned it off. I, yeah. did, I honestly did, did, did not know that. I watched almost the whole game. Thought, yeah, I kind of know where this one's going. 
off. Josh Bassett scored. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't score. Well, he uh, Bristol didn't bother tackling him. A good, a good team move, and Josh Bassett just stayed on his feet and then fared Tom Willis to score. Mm. Ah, bloody hell! So he got a clean break. He got two defenders beaten. He got an offload and an assist in that one move and ten meters, and that was enough points to uh, cost me my win this week. Well, Tim, I would say so. You're only. Two point seven points behind, and scores will update tomorrow morning. So yeah, but I only had ben, I only had Ben Velicott on the field today, and he only had Josh Bassett to play. So they're the only two that can change. So I'm, I'm, it won't it won't be changed. Fair play, Wasps. I mean, Possible. if you look at the Wasps campaign of post restart, as somewhat of you know, master strategy rather than master team building. It's an important game to win because Bristol, I think, are all going to be going to be up there. And if Wasps are legitimate, albeit with players missing, but if Wasps are going to be le- um, legitimate, these are exactly the games they need to win. Yeah, and Jack Willis said after the game, it's disappointing they let Bristol have a losing bonus point. Actually, <laughs> they won in the last <laughs> minute, and Bristol will be thinking, "How did we lose that?" They'll they'll learn. <laughs> but when when you look at the teams, this is a much stronger Wasps team relative to the Bristol team. Yes, it, completely agree. The Wasps team is not far off full strength. This Bristol team is like a second team. Do you know who annoyed me today in this game? Really annoyed me. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Who annoyed you? Uh, With his competence. With his competence? Com- it's the most... It's such, a comp- such a competent player. It made me bristle with anger. Uh, 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 Sam Bedlow No, we'll come to him later. Uh, would it be Jimmy Gopeth? No, James Gaskell. James Gaskell, James Gaskell right? You, you, you don't notice this because who the hell watches James Gaskell? Nobody watches him, right? But I watched him today because he was in my fan in my fantasy rugby team. <laughs> Five meters out, I'm just screaming at the TV. James, get your hands on the ball, and he doesn't. <laughs> he sets up the. He gets his mates. <laughs> he did not carry the ball once. He is the king of the latch. So you can see him round, round, the, round the ruck. He gets a mate in, and he's always the guy to latch on to, latch on to the back. <laughs> and he's always the guy clearing. He doesn't make himself available for carries. He's <laughs> He just does all the really good, unseen hard work which your team needs to win. But I don't need him to do that. There's no metric in fantasy rugby for bloody clearing rucks or latching on to carriers. Well, there are. There uh, are? Uh, there, are metri- there are other metrics which you will not entertain uh, introducing into our league. Like what? I think, I think, am I right in saying that Rux hit might be a metric? I have no idea. Have you made that up? No. How many Rux would you need to there's hit? All, there's all sorts of different uh, metrics. Like, we could pick individual props and hookers. What? You could have picked, what? You could have picked Gabriel Ogre and... Uh, Hang on, when, you, when did this happen? You you choose. It's an option in Fantasy I Rugby choose. Draft. It's, a, it's an option as a league. When they introduced the new options... I suggested we go with some of them, and you said absolutely not. I said that. Yeah, doesn't sound like. So. I mean, I kn- <laughs> I'm surprised because I've never heard of these options. Never heard of them. <laughs> well, I just re- again not to go too far into fancy rugby draft because this is a rugby rugby actual rugby podcast. Yeah. But you uh, you did also not know that the semi final <laughs> last year was well, two legged. You got to remember, as the league commissioner, I have lots of public duties. Yeah, I'm more of a figurehead, much like the Queen. Um, you know the actual the, the, you know, the guy the, the guy who does the donkey work. I mean, that's who you need to really take this up with. But yeah. that's outrageous. I never knew that. Uh, so you know, I think Bristol will come. Will be. I mean, Pat Lamb did not look happy at the end of that game, did he? Mm. 
No. I didn't hear his post-match chat, did you, Phil? I didn't, no. no. I saw the picture of him not looking happy, and unsurprisingly as well, because, as you've already said, um, it was soft tackling that allowed Wasps to steal this. A much stronger Wasps team steal this from uh, a, a significantly weakened Bristol team yeah. purely because of some laziness around the tackle and Josh Bassett down the left, left wing with three minutes to go. Mm. Yeah, Sam Bedlow playing at 10. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah, I didn't know he could do that. Did yeah. you know that he could do that, do that, Phil? I did not know he could do that. So no. Sam Bedlow is a player who I kind of half have an eye on. Because a few years ago, he was at Sale. And he's the sort yeah. of guy you never hear about. And then you read the teams, you go, who the hell is Sam Bedlow? And he's always on the bench. He's one of the uh, he's one of the Pat Lamb ones that, you know... One Worthless. Of... <laughs> yeah. That player <laughs> from the championship, rubbish. Worthless. Uh, so his brother is actually still at Sale. Or is he? Or is does, he? Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Because when Sale had their, had their COVID outbreak, and they, <laughs> they picked the... Did, did you see the team which was due to play, potentially? Uh, no. Oh, do you not? So they picked the team, which could, and the first 15 was okay. Oh, and the bench was all kids, that's right. Well, and Sammy T. Yeah. And Bedlow was on it, but it was his younger brother that they, that they drafted, drafted, drafted. And who's the other guy? Uh, Joe Jones, who they just released over to Doncaster. So they'd li- they must have been phoning around ev- everyone. So anyway, uh, nice to see him get a game, and he kicked well. He kicked really well, actually. Sale got totally exonerated, by the way, by the RFU. What a surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> when you follow the, the the rules as closely as, as Sale do, it does not surprise me one, one bit. I don't remember any of the, don't remember any of the people accusing Sale of uh, not being cautious around this, apologising. Did I miss that? Did they, that all happen? What about what? Mm. Did anyone apologise to, to, to Sale for accusing them of being reckless around COVID rules? No. No, no. Didn't I'm sure it? no one needs to. No, no one needs yeah. to. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Wasps, fair play. Just keep kept the wagons rolling. And much like with Exeter, we were talking about, and we can come on to them, but both Exeter and Wasps, you wonder whether there might be a, a slight hangover from having had such a intense end, end to the season only a few weeks ago and then just having to uh, get cracking again. Yep. Um, and like you say, Wasps weren't totally convincing at home, sneaking past a, a weakened Bristol team. But hey, it's a win. Win when they're win. not playing well. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Wasps can have a season where they don't have to win, you know, the last 15 consecutive games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Uh, did anyone watch the Friday night action? Um, if so, what Friday night action did you watch? I watched Quinn's Exeter on as Friday night. As did I. So, I just want to say, I did not watch Quinn's Exeter. So, what did you learn about Quinn's versus Exeter? Uh, uh, yeah, breaking news. Sam Simmons is good at rugby. Yeah, I heard this. Uh, apparently, he's his okay. brother plays 10. He's all right. Yeah, he looked looked fairly handy. I mean, um, his um, crash over tries are one thing, but his first try, Exeter's first try from... 40 yards out, yeah. line-out move, crash through the centres and, and the pace to beat uh, Nathan Earl, who is not a slow man. No. <laughs> it was an unbelievable try for a back row to score. Yeah, um, just looking at the scoring sequences here, because I kind of was flicking between the two, so I did watch a little bit of this. Um, it seems to be Leicester really piled on the pain late. Exeter. Exeter, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was... Yeah. It was a close game until, uh, mm. I say close game, 
Exeter were made to work hard for everything they got until that last 10 minutes. And Harlequins just, they just disappeared. They just gave up in that last 10 minutes. There's a couple, of, yeah. What, there's a, it happened towards the end of last season. Will Evans, towards the end of games, when he gets a penalty that's really harsh against him, he looks in so much pain. <laughs> like he, uh, he, he when uh, just like when you do something naughty and then you pretend to be injured. No, so the referee leaves you alone. He did. It, it was quite childlike in his like the 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 world was totally against him. I remember this towards the end of last season. He did an unbelievable turnover and got pinged, and he was just shaking his head for the rest of the time. It was one game where I think Quinn's might have lost at the end because he gave away a penalty and they kicked some points. Yes, I'm trying to think which one it is. It m- might have been Exeter actually. Oh yeah, because Exeter won with the last minute. Might have been Exeter. Might have been Exeter, in fact. But the same thing happened, and that at that point, with about yeah, fifteen minutes to go, Quinns were one score off, and and on the and actually looking quite good. But yeah, Exeter just panned them in the closing stages. But it's kind of what Rob Baxter has said before about he he treats it like a sort of prize fight. You know, actually, knockout blow comes. Yeah, late but, in the game. Well, you know, if you are of the opinion, as Rob Baxter is, that rugby is all about pressure and build and building pressure, it's no surprise that you know when the dam finally does break, it can be fairly spectacular. And, and if um, anyone has listened to your brilliant interview oh, stop with it, guys. Rob Baxter, um, where he's talking about, they believe that they are are fitter than most teams, and they want to play a type of game that will prove that they don't want to give their opposition rest and if they have, uh, in a situation like this, um, bullied their opposition enough so that their opposition is absolutely exhausted, this can happen. Yeah. And, and it did really happen in the last 10 minutes. Just on fitness, how much of fitness is you just telling your players are really fit? Uh, I don't think a lot. I, th- I think... Come off it. I think, I, I think fitness, is, fitness is something... Um, that is trained into them. It's not just telling people they're fit. I disagree wholeheartedly. On well, what? <laughs> so, uh, genuine, genuine question then. Do you think you could tell someone that they're better at a bleep test or better at a 5K? That's a different thing, Phil. So as a team, a measure of team fitness, right? Because you've got to remember that it's not like I am trying to convince myself that I am fitter than you. That can be easily tested. In the world of team fitness, it's about believing your team is fitter than the than the other team, and they're all very very fit men. I would be. Would you flip that question around, Phil? Do you think that every one of the extra team are fitter than every one of the Harlequins team, man, man for man, or do you reckon it go about fifty fifty? Uh, I I think it would be more than fifty fifty. I don't think everyone is fitter, but I think uh, maybe seventy percent are fitter. Yeah, I I reckon. So, go on, go on, go on, Tim. No, I was going to say, that a good example of this is, I remember when Wasps were on their run just after the restart, mm. and I went and did a few games uh, at the Rico, and a lot of the Wasps guys were saying the S&C guy has made a massive difference during lockdown. And one of the things I observed and talked about, I couldn't believe how quick players like Kieran Brooks were getting up off the deck and back in the line and starting again. And that, yes, that is attitude and hunger and desire and all the rest of it. Yes, there is a psychological component of that, but you you can't you can't deny the. I don't the deny any of them are fit. Them. Yeah. They are all superbly fit. That's why they play Premiership rugby. But you can imagine that 
attitude disappearing from Kieran, well, not Kieran Brooks personally, but from your forwards, if maybe the scrutiny wasn't there or the atmosphere or the culture of getting up off, off, off the deck and working hard wasn't there, no matter how good your bleep test was. Yeah, and, and so to that point, which I think is a slightly separate point, there are there are two elements of fitness, and one of the reasons why um, the All Blacks um, historically, not not quite right now, but the All Blacks are so good and score so many points late on, is because um, one they they do believe that they are fitter, mm. they are actually probably man for man fitter than most teams, but also they're a smarter team and they organize themselves in a way so they're doing less work they're, or they're doing the most um the optimum amount of work for the people that are doing that work if that makes sense yes it so does that, make that sense. organization is a huge part of fitness that you could have that organization without being fitter man for man but you would look fitter in the last 10 minutes of the game yeah but that's different again isn't it from being fitter it, it is different. It's definitely different than having a uh, better bleep test or being able to run the average time of your yeah. 5K being lower across the yeah. board. Yeah. And but, if you got... but better coach teams will, uh, backing up what kind of Phil said, better coach teams, better organised teams, uh, players who have better rugby brains will, will use the fitness they have, which may be better you know, on a, on a, on a pure numbers one-to-one level. They will use that more efficiently. Which counts most in the last 10 minutes of games. Interesting. So, yeah, so we all agree with me. It, but if you tell them that they're fit, they, they get fitter. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure, sure you can agree. Let's go with it. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. Anyway, Exeter yeah. uh, are, have a lot left in the tank towards the end of a game than their opponents, which they have shown time and again, and they did in this game and just blew Quinns away. And, uh, yeah, Sam Simmons is some player. Would you. Would you right now swap him into the England squad for any individual that's uh, there already? Um, I would for Lewis Ludlam, I think. I think so. Not, and Lewis Ludlam's great. So, but And then just on that, Tim, would you then um, have him in the same position as Lewis Ludlam in the squad, i.e. not in the matchday 23 as a t- travelling reserve? Uh, I love Ben Earl. I think he's awesome and he's done nothing wrong. I think the three guys that played are the best three options and you've got Jack Willis in the mix as well. So prob- possibly sneaks onto the bench. Probably not. I would replace Ben Earl if I had to. But I'm, I mean, sorry. I'm not going to. I don't have the power for a start. But <laughs> <laughs> if I did, uh, it would be Ben Earl because it's like for like. And yeah. I said in the last podcast, no one carries like Lewis Ludlam. There might be better carriers, but I think he's a unique carrier. I don't think, you know, as great as Ben Earl and Sam Simmons are, they don't carry in that manic, energetic way that Lewis Ludlam carries with violence and the others carry with a a bit more finesse. So I I keep Lewis Ludlam, I get rid of Earl, if I had to. Yeah, Earl, Earl and Simmons are the closest to one another. They're there in terms of like the the hybrids. They are the two forwards who would be most comfortable playing in the centre channel or in the wing channels. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anyone get injured ever. But do you remember when Hooper played in the centres against against the Lions? It would be interesting, wouldn't it? If you know, fate happened to land in that way that we had to see a, a back row play in the centre. We did a lot. We have been talking about this twelve position. No one quite knowing what to do. 
I just love, just as an experiment, exactly what you're saying, I'd love to see Sam Simmons there. Sam, Sam, Sam Burgess? Sam Burgess. <laughs> I, think, I think we already know what, what a back row in the centre look, uh, looks like. We know it well. And we can all agree, resounding success. Agreed. Well, on that, on that, have you seen who signed for Bath? So, no. What? The, the... Um, Phil Burgess? The, no, not Phil Burgess. Oh, Luke um, Burgess, the other one. Not, not. It's not a Burgess, but it might be one of the few players who could actually play uh, centre or back row for Bath, or, or or anyone, anyone indeed. How do I not know? Who hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Epi Tyone. Oh, hold. Uh, um, would it be that guy from La Rochelle, Bottia? Ooh, crikey! No, no? Bottia is a great shout. No, uh, Pen Pensiliato. Uh, Yato, who could play, he can play whatever position he wants to. He uh, can play anyway. He's, he's he'll play six whatever five as well, so he can play. The coach will play in whatever position the coach gets told by him. He's going to play. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Unless he decides to play anything. Um, I don't know, Phil. Please continue. Uh, so he has been out of the game for a couple of years. What? He's now he's now back in the game, age twenty nine. Oh, I know this, Alex Gray. Correct. Have they? Yeah, they've signed uh, Atlanta Falcons tight end Alex Gray. Wow. Yes. So they could have signed Richie Vernon. That would have been the other one. <laughs> yeah, true. Touch Richie Vernon, Epitaioni, all Lavani Bottia and Alex Gray. All the greats. But yeah, Alex Gray. Sevens mm. International, NFL convert. Back to rugby union. Now I wonder. And another London Irish uh, Academy player yes. going to Bath. Well, and, go and on, similar stats, as in a similar height and weight to um, Sam Burgess. Yeah. Six, six, four, six, five, and 105 uh, kg. Hun- hun- closer to 115 kg. Crikey, that's a big man. Yeah. It's a huge yeah. one. What did he play in Union last time? Second row? Uh, flanker, I think. Jeez. He, he played, I, I, so, I've, I can't ever remember seeing him, but he's listed as playing centre or number eight, which would be very much like Sam Burgess. Wow. And I, I believe he played a forward. I mean, at, at that weight, he'd definitely be playing forward if he played sevens. Did Stuart Hooper do a PowerPoint presentation to the squad? That's it. <laughs> About him arriving. <laughs> no, Mike Ford. No, Stuart Hooper. <laughs> yes, sorry. I thought he went to Stuart Lancaster. Uh, anyway. Mike, yeah, Mike Ford did one for... Sam Burgess, Sam Burgess, the famed PowerPoint presentation. I wish I could see that PowerPoint presentation. I, uh, uh, this is going to take us to the next level. Um, let's talk about Bath, actually. Shall we talk about Bath? Because we're here. Yeah, yeah. Exeter Rolls. I thought Quinns would be a lot more competitive than they were. They did it for 60 minutes, but yeah. Issues. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Bath. My word. What on earth goes on there? Well, do you credit Newcastle with this, or do you criticise yeah. Bath? Well, well I think we do both. I credit Newcastle. Um, you can cr- you can also criticise Bath, but Newcastle uh, they took them on up front. Yeah, let's uh, start with Newcastle. But well, uh, let's start with let's get uh, let's give you the floor, JB. If you would like to, um, no, because I think actually you are right to say Newcastle deserve the credit because yeah. they they absolutely do. Yeah. Um, come on, did we all? snigger a little bit when we heard that Luther, that they'd signed Luther Burrell. I thought Luther Burrell looked at, you know, the best I've seen him in about four years. I, yeah. I didn't think he would be as effective as he was. I thought 
this was someone right on the way down on on the on the, yeah. on the downward slope. Exactly. It's just, yeah, one last chance, one last uh, crack, cracker, cracker, crack at a contract. I thought Luther Perel was very, very good. He was. I thought. In fact, I thought both the centres, the much maligned to, uh, Toby Flood and Big Luth, I just thought they're just going to get out, going to get completely outplayed. No, none of it. Not well. Not after ten minutes, at least. Uh, Adam Radwan uh, looks like um, like the next coming of Johnny May. I mean, the yeah. way they wear their socks just j- just for a start, but they're both so quick. Um, good quads, Adam Radwan. Yeah, great quads. Calves too. Yeah, that's yeah. why he puts the socks down. Just yeah. Show those bad boys off. And Gary Graham. I mean, some of these names, some of these names, you think they, they, they this can't be a good team. Uh, they played very, very well. I, I totally agree. And they, I, it, I was expecting Bath to beat them up up front. Yeah, Bath, Bath tried, uh, and Bath, Bath losing a few players, but um, in in their pack. But they've still got a very good pack there. They've still got a massive pack with loads of talent. Um, They tried to beat up Newcastle and they couldn't. And if if anything, Newcastle and Gary Graham did the beating. Oh, yeah. When the the beater becomes the BT. Yeah. Uh, Well, (laughs) first 10 minutes, Bath looked like like they could win a European Cup. Like, they just (laughs) looked so confident. I thought, wow, Stuart Hooper's really got got these boys playing well. Him and... uh, who is your boy, the scrimmage coach, uh, Neil, Neil Hatley? N- Neil Hatley. I thought, yeah, they've they've finally he, got. He, he's, he's head coach now. He's head coach. Yeah, yeah. he's overseeing them. Um, Set piece. And everything they did was awesome. So the speed of play, Ben Spencer get, getting to the breakdown. Ben Spencer, when he is on song, just that crispness of passing is what uh, is absolutely absolutely wonderful. They go over for that try, and you know Redpath, who is a guy who I do not think... Well, how do I say this? When he's at sale, everyone told me he is the best thing since last bread. And for the life of me, I watched him for about 12 games. I just I don't see it. Do not see it at all. Anyway, big hoo haw goes over to Bath, tri- triples his salary, and he starts playing pretty well. And he comes out the gate in this game, and he looks absolutely flipping superb. Like, that first try is all him. Yeah. But you, by that you, theory, you, they're just, just taking that extrapolating that logic out the more you pay him the better he gets that's a great point <laughs> give him all your money give, yeah triple give him the salary lottery. again triple yeah. His, yeah they'll win they'll win the league if they triple his salary again i mean he does do he is a ve- i mean we i was watching him fairly closely um because he used to play for sale i guess and um it's nice he, it's nice you can admit these things now well yeah i, I like I, I like to see what <laughs> i can't see on you know, on a friday anymore so he does do some nice things like he he seems to always come onto the ball at pace. He, you know, he's got nice timing, nice hands. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, massive ace. Look, you know, basically everything looked good. And also, every time Newcastle kicked, Bath looked like their intention was was to run it back. Always, like they had Prieston back there, and then he'd spin it wide, and off off they went. And then they just, well, after working out what works, they thought, yeah, that's really successful. Let's not do any more of that. And that was it. We didn't see that team again for the next seventy minutes, and they just. They died a death by a thousand cuts. Newcastle have got a lot of they've got a lot of experience in that team. You, you meant you meant like Mickey Young, Brett Collins, and you a young guy, but then the two centres as, yeah. as you mentioned, and uh, yeah, I, I did not expect them to do. I don't think anybody expected them to put in the performance they did. But no. fair play, it's a brutal result for Bathurst. I mean, I, I mean, I know we're one game in; it's easy to jump to conclusions. 
But I think Bath are a top four team. It was absolutely brutal. To not win this, criminal. Yeah, it, it, it was. This is not the start that uh, Mr. Hooper was hoping for, is it? No. Let's hop to the let's hop to the start that Mr. Borthwick would have been hoping for. Because what has happened at Leicester Tigers? They uh, looked all right, didn't they? Absolute beatdown of Gloucester. So, I, I mean, a lot. I think they were the bookies' favourites to win. Um, the spread had them about uh, five point winners, something like that. But so it wasn't a, a total shock. But the manner of the victory and the way that they played, so fluent. So I was that talk- was surprising. Yeah. So I was talking yeah. to the UK's leading rugby journalist uh, this week. I won't name. I won't. I won't say him by name because I don't think he'd want to be associated with with my good self. But still, <laughs> I was chatting to him, and um, he was like, "I do think Leicester are going to go fairly well this weekend." I was like, "You, you you're completely insane." In fact, I was so convinced that Leicester were going to do horribly, I nearly watched this game over the. Over the over the England game because I was looking forward to it so much. I just <laughs> yeah, I just love I, I love I just love the drama. And when I saw this score, I thought bloody hell, I'm, I'm going to have to watch this. So I had to you know find well the only thing you can find on BT Sport sadly is not the rerun of the game, but the but 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 the extended extended, extended highlights. I think Richard Wigglesworth might be an inspired signing. Yeah, an absolutely mm. inspired signing because if you think about how they approached the end of last season with just throwing kids out there. What do they need? I mean, Jack Van Portfleet, uh, by the way, is going to be a really good scrum half. But yes, uh, mm. all that experience in amongst all those new guys, he's yeah. the glue in, in the position that you'd want that sort of a player. It, yeah, I think inspires the word. Yeah, he's just uh, exactly that. He can guide them around. He he can kick territory. He makes the right decisions. You know, he got was it his second try belong yep. to belong to Wiggy? Yeah, just by following the right line, just doing really basic stuff. And you know, he is a magnificent player. You don't you don't accidentally win five Premiership titles. Imagine- five, five Premiership titles, uh, two European Cups, and be the most have the most appearances of any Premiership player ever. All by accident, right? Yeah. All by accident. <laughs> uh, imagine if he wins a sixth. Where would he do it? Not Tigers, surely. Um, <laughs> but I, I do wonder if. I do wonder if having him in the same team as Ben Youngs is going to put some real pressure on Ben Youngs. Don't underestimate as well the new guys. I mean, we were saying last week there's a lot of guys at Leicester that they've signed but we haven't seen yet or we've only seen very brief glimpses of. And uh, Visa in the back row and uh, Clyde Brink in the back row make a massive difference yeah. to, to their back row options. It looks so different. Well, yeah, I think if there was a upside to last season, and there are very few, um, maybe the uncovering of Freddie Stewart as a legitimate first-team player could be one of them. I mean, they had to sacrifice a lot of young careers to find him, but here he is. That's good. Um, Yeah, let's not get carried away. I do not... You don't lose your director of rugby, your chief exec, and many other coaches along, along the way in a piecemeal manner by design. So you know, if they do stumble onto a decent team, it is not it is not not on purpose. It's going to be completely by accident. But you know, Borthwick can only play the cards which he's dealt. Gloss, he Gloucester, well. on the other hand, though, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to go on to that because you can. I think you have to temper the excitement about Leicester to a degree by the Gloucester team and a terrible sign for 
that Gloucester team was um, two of the first three tries, the Van Vyck try and the Wigglesworth try. I mean, those two players jogged over the line from 20 yards out. There is not a Gloucester player within 20 yards of them yeah. when they crossed, crossed the try line. That is a worrying, worry. Unless it's an interception try, which neither were. Yeah. That is a worrying sign for Gloucester. And just looking at the Gloucester team, I mean, it's a good team. Yeah, it's... You know, yeah, Thorley could have played. Uh, May could have played. But, you know, there's not many guys. Thorley, May, Reese, Zamet. But that's back three, isn't it? It's your back three. Like, they've got their best two second rows out. Um, Hansen's a good player. Reskin's on mega money. You know, Ludlow, Ludlow, Ackerman. Mm. These are not... These are their first team. Yeah, it is not a terrible team by any stretch. No, no, no. Not a terrible team, but it's... um, But to say it's a... It is a good team. I mean that, and the different. I mean, I don't know. Under different circumstances, I think that is a good team. I mean, that is a starting Gloucester team. Um, it's yeah. it's it's a back line that five years ago would have been one of the best in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. They're... Not any. <laughs> they've no. put, they've no. put all their eggs in the Cipriani basket, and uh, he's he's the one that he's got to make it tick. Yeah, it's a very worrying start. That very worrying start. I think they will have. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. Ho- I'm gonna reserve judgment on Gloucester. Yeah, you can't make a. You can't make. Um, we shouldn't. I can't. I can't think of the words I'm trying to say. Yeah, you should. You, be you can't to, be too reactive to one result. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you can't write off a, a team based on the first game of the season, when can you do it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think though this. Based on the strength of this performance, it might be Gloucester's year. Next year, they, I, they might have a real shot at winning the championship next season. Oh, you beat me to it! You beat me to it. <laughs> Stop playing with that thing. Sorry. All I can hear is you jangling that. Sorry, noise. what is it anyway? A microphone it's, stand? No, this is a a, a trumpet stand. Oh. And now I'm a now I'm a level one trumpeteer. I believe is the official. Are you, you passed your level one? Congratulations! I, 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 I did. Uh, according to my according to my instructor, it's incredibly hard to fail. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something different then. No, it's incredibly no. hard to fail. But yeah, I am a, so gra- you... a grade one trumpeteer. Makes me an expert now. Great. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, in the championship, good one. Good gag. <sighs> good gag. Um, who, who else? What What other games were there? Well, there's a Worcester, few. Worcester and did you see the Worcester Irish finish? What What Irish no, I didn't. playing at? It's a little it, bit. It was, it was reminiscent of Scotland in the sense that you just go, you just can't, be, can't quite believe what you're seeing. So, so Worcester, um, they're winning by one point. Um, Worcester scored a, a, a good late try from Tom Howells with about ten, fifteen minutes to go. Tom Howell, um, with the time up, London Irish, they're one point behind. They're attacking down the right hand side. Yeah. Billy Meeks gets the ball in a, in a similar position to. Uh, Pattaya when he kicks yes. the ball into the corner mm. um, he's got men outside him and he kicks the ball into the corner which it goes dead and that's it that's 80 minutes there's no more game <laughs> oh no it's game over for London Irish so um, remarkable thing to do at that stage of the game I, c- I could only assume he just lost track of time and just wasn't aware the clock had gone dead. So what is the official Egg Chasers line on these two teams? London Irish have the better players, Worcester are the better team. Yes. Yeah. That, that was certainly my... That's my... A, yeah, that is definitely my view as well. Seems to have played out. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I... uh, London Irish's defence was awesome because in that first half especially, Worcester played all the rugby and London Irish did nothing. But that they are a tough team, London Irish. They're tough. Both these teams are, are solid. Um, uh, yeah. The, the the ending was farcical from Irish's point of view, but nice. uh, fair play Worcester. Good to see young young Andrew Kitchener play. I mean, the thing I like about him is he's, is he's from a great family with great values. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Alan Solomon. <laughs> uh, and a lot of good, a lot of good. Um, some uh, Worcester just seem to have a knack of finding wingers, young wingers out of their academy constantly the players they've produced over the years like we mentioned Marcel Garvey last week didn't we and then them um, you thinking Ben Loder no 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 Worcester oh Worcester sorry yeah, I think like Nick David looks looks really good Ooh. You, you mentioned Howe and uh, they've just they've just got a lot of young players that aren't spectacular but are really solid and we'll just have a look here that's that's a good win for them really good win Paddy yeah, Jackson Miles Mile, Miles Benjamin, another good. Miles uh, Benjamin. Worcester. How could I forget Miles Benjamin? Uh, Marcel yeah. Garvey. Oh, there was Marcel Garvey, Gloucester, and then went to Worcester. Oh yes, he was. Yeah. Or was he Worcester and then went to Gloucester? I think he was Worcester, then went to Gloucester. I think he was Gloucester and went to Worcester. No, I yes. think he was a Worcester academy graduate, went to Gloucester for the big cash. Do you know this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. And then right? went to France. So long, long time before the podcast, I was still living in North Wales. And back in the day, back back before the days of RGC, we had hardly any good rugby around North Wales at all. But we did have the regional team. But and before RGC, it might have actually been called RGC, but they weren't in a league. They just played the, like the occasional the the occasional friendly. And it was a Tuesday night or Thursday night, and North Wales played the precursor to, to RGC, and they played against Worcester. And I travelled all the way from Plodidno to Bethesda in the driving rain. Do you know why? Because Marcel Garvey was playing on the wing for a Worcester development side. I thought, <laughs> I've got to see this. Professional rugby in, in, in North Wales. Well, it was for a Gloucester development side, JB. I told you it was Gloucester he started at. For goodness sake, uh, keep what? up. No, yeah, he started at Gloucester. Then he went to rugby. <laughs> he went to rugby. He must have been on loan there. It says... Oh, you know, somewhere? Hold on. That can't be real. He's in France somewhere, yeah. So no no, it says to, on his Wikipedia page, which which you know the the um as we found out the sage scientists use Wikipedia to come up with their modelling for uh, coronavirus, <laughs> so it must be accurate. Two thousand and one to two thousand and six Gloucester, two thousand and six to two thousand and twelve rugby. I don't believe that. As in no, rugby lions. So, so I've I've got him as two thousand one to two thousand six Gloucester, two thousand six to two thousand twelve Worcester. Oh no! What it is is it's Gloucester Rugby, and it's just the lines on Wikipedia on my phone ah. look, with the years the next format, to it. Simple formatting it's error. It's a formatting error. Worcester Warriors. Yes, he was two thousand. He spent six years, at, uh, five years at Gloucester, coming through. Six years at Worcester, where he played the majority of his rugby. So he played a lot of games. Yeah, nearly a hundred for Gloucester, one hundred and twenty-five for Worcester, and then he played nearly fifty for Cast. Did it? That's right. So I was interviewing someone. And I can't remember if it's recently or not, but I asked them what they what what they've done off air. I said, "Oh yeah, I've just been to see Marcel Garvey." It's like, "Oh, where uh, where, uh, where is he now?" And I think he's fully settled down in Cast or in France. Who the hell? Might have been Charlie Walker. Or I know who would it have been because he'd be younger. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Topsy Ojo. I'm sure. Top. I'm sure it was Topsy Ojo. Maybe it was. Yeah. 
Probably former rugby player for Castle Olympique, Worcester and Gloucester. This is his Twitter bio. Now trying my hand at IT. Ah, there you go. For all your IT needs. Marcel Garvey. Marcel Garvey's your man. <laughs> Did he ever play for England? Uh, don't think he might have been one of those ones that had like a, a England v Barbarians type cap. Yeah, might have made an England squad, but not a cap. Non-capped game. Uh, well, he's yeah. represented England A. There's no way. There is no way on earth that uh, a man like Marcel Garvey, who plays rugby and works in IT, doesn't listen to the podcast. So, if you're, if you're listening, Marcel, hello. Hi, Marcel. Uh, hello. I hope you're well. Um, Right, well, I guess the Marcel Garvey chat nicely rounds up the relevant information that we need to judge Worcester versus London Irish. 100%. Perfect. And that that's all games this week, isn't it? No. What? Not all Pro the games. <laughs> not exactly, boys, not exactly. There was one more game on, game on Friday. Probably, I don't know, a very dominant performance. And actually, maybe one of the more, more competitive, probably... I think there there's more points scored in this than any other game. Mm. So um did you, did you did you get to go to this game, JB? I didn't get back from Wales in time or I would have gone. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Um Sale Sharks uh dismantled Northampton. Quite convincingly in the end. Um you didn't want the you guys didn't didn't watch this, no? I've seen I didn't watch it live, I've seen the highlights. Um so it was a bonus point win for sale wasn't it yes now i'm trying to remember exactly how all this went down because i've seen so much so i think this must be like well it was my first game of rugby on the weekend but maybe my sixth game overall um obviously uh obviously Acker scored the thing i want to take away from this is do you think there are sort of hints of how england are playing in the way that sale play um, I, well, I didn't see the game, so I don't know. Is something changed in the way Sale play? Just the, fi- the way they just are intent on beating people up. Just well, the physicality which yeah. they bring. Yeah, it's like I, I think this with um, every boss I've ever worked for, and I, I, I'm assuming sort of general businesses will probably pan out the same way to a greater or lesser degree. But every radio station I've worked for, the radio station ends up sounding like the personality of the program director which is basically which, the guy who runs the station day to day yes it sort of so when i have a when i have a boss that's quite sort of um uh he's, he's a real laugh last last one home always buying drinks a bit of a lad i've had a boss like that before and the station ends up sounding a bit cheeky it was like that at xfm a little bit cheeky sort yeah. of pu- pushing pushing the envelope a little bit the boss i've got now is just so he's all heart and and really cares about uh, his his staff and he'll you know he, he does a lot of that and and the station starts to sound sort of caring and it comes through and I think rugby rugby teams are exactly the same the personality of the boss inevitably and in, in, inexorably just bleeds into the team and by that token you wouldn't expect if if I had to guess having never seen a Steve Diamond team play I would say they're gonna try and batter the opponents and that is exactly what happened that is <laughs> exactly what happened uh, AJ played really well uh, I think that's an important point because when AJ plays they just play better uh, Sale look- is he the number one because it's they've got they're, they're in this situation and it's one of the things you've said before that when you've got two you when, haven't got one when, you, when you've got two that you, and you don't know which one's best it's it actually can cause more problems well even for a man as talented as Steve Diamond 
um, this po- this poses quite some problem for him because I'm sure everyone is a good soldier at the moment, but you won't want to in any way upset the brother of one quarter of your pack, would you? Uh, and this, I think, this might be a, a circle that needs to a square that needs a square that needs to be circled or a circle that needs to be squared. I do not think Daniel Dupree is as good as good as AJ. I think Daniel Dupree is a very, very not not sorry not not Daniel Dupree. Rob Dupree. Right. Daniel Dupree is definitely not as good as AJ at, at, at playing time. <laughs> um, but these Dupree boys are mighty impressive across the board. But it does make you wonder: could they afford to lose one? Could they afford to to upset one? Or there other dynamics going on behind the scenes? Not that I know of. I can't. Can... Yeah, I'd like. I I wonder about that. I don't know, Phil. You've played at a higher level than us. You played in championship level. Do you think? I, I sort of think at professional level, like Rob Dupree, would he would not like it, but he would crack on and be very professional, not being first choice. Yeah, but you don't need to be I, professional on your brothers, though, do you? Yeah, I, the honest answer is I don't know uh, from from both personal life and, and um, like my uh, playing life. It's what I do know is both in rugby and in work and in all walks of life, there are people, personalities and combinations of personalities that are just unpredictable. And it's it's hard to foresee how they're going to combine and work well and not work well. And one of the very difficult things is managing that level of personality, especially in a rugby environment where it is so alpha male and it's so dominated by um, people being macho. And it, and it has to be, and it is right that it is like that, but it has to be like that because of what you're asking these people to do. It's very unpredictable and difficult to balance, to balance those personalities. So basically what I'm saying is I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was something that is just a little bit unexpected in this scenario. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, they've got so many eggs in the in the Dupree basket. Um, I, mm. I do wonder if Rob Dupree was. No, this sounds no. How I, I sound like I'm anti Rob Dupree. I'm absolutely not anti Rob Dupree. I think he's a fine, fine well, player. Well, AJ is in my fantasy rugby draft team, so on that basis alone, I want him to be he's the clear bloody, number one option. I, I think AJ is a fantastic player. I, I have no, you know, no ifs or buts. I think he is one of the better tens in the whole Premiership. Um. What else did we learn from this? Van Rensburg is a very good, very good ball carrier. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, we we wouldn't have a <laughs> yeah. break, and more breaking news. Sam Simmons good at rugby. Van Rensburg, uh, an effective ball carrier. Interest, interesting. Northampton um, uh, have started with Henry Taylor. Now, I don't think it'd be possible to interview Henry, but you know, I've certainly put the feelers out there, and if that would be possible, <laughs> that 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 be. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. But we'll give it a go. If you could chat to him, JB, on an interview, it'd be it'd be interesting because, uh, you know, as an expert musician, it isn't I think he he might <laughs> he might be into music as well. He might be a musician. I I was told he was a classically trained music uh, classically trained mu- musician. Only to find out this is fake news. Fake news. <laughs> wow. He's he's self taught, but he did study fine art. He gave up rugby <laughs> to study fine art. Nice. Yeah, and now he's back. Very good-looking fella as well. Do you know who he reminds me of a little bit? In the same way that um, one of the Currys reminds Phil of a fat Foden. Um, <laughs> Henry Taylor reminds me of a handsome Foden, an even more handsome Foden. Or an, an even handsome. more handsome Ben Foden. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. Just think what member of a girl band he could uh, 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 marry. Yes, marry. Uh, that's the one. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? Re- <laughs> replace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's on Rippy Was that video that was doing the rounds a few months back, was that Ben Foden or not? Which one's that, mate? I don't know. Okay. There was just a, vi- a video of there was a video of someone that looked a lot like Ben Foden that I got sent on WhatsApp. Really? I've yeah. not been sent this video. Thing is, Ben Foden, there is no video. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Phil? No. I don't know. Okay, so you have right. to share this in the, uh, well, the fantasy rugby draft uh, WhatsApp. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so the thing is with, with <laughs> the thing is with Ben Foden, there is no video that he could possibly make or anyone could make of him. So he's in a very what I'm trying to say is he couldn't be in the Donald Trump compromise situation no. because the videos of him singing at home with oh. his ex-wife are already out there. Yeah. It can't get any worse than worse than that. Well, he he was on was he was he was on a reality singing show or something? Yeah, yeah with Levi um, Douglas is it from Bath? Oh, was he on Celebrity X Factor or something like that? It was him. Who's the other guy? Was it Ben Foden and Levi? No, no, no. I mean, years ago, didn't he audition yeah. for the original X Factor no, or no. Pop Idol? Danny Cipriani did. No. Yeah. And Danny no. Cipriani got turned away for being too skinny. That was that was on. Uh, God, this is ridiculous. I know what that's on. Danny Cipriani, um, when he was about sixteen, tried the audition to be a hunk at a party for My Super Sweet Sixteen. Ah, <laughs> you know that, is, that? that is genuinely what it was. He got turned away because he was too skinny. Wow. wow. Ben Foden was on X, the X Factor celebrity version. Got you. So, Harold, was Danny Cipriani looking to wear, do you know, like the the cuff and the collars? But yes, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, my my super sweet sixteen UK version. Right, so um, I hate to uh, <laughs> I hate to revive a meme, but his cuff obviously, sorry, his golden wrists. Yeah, his his collar would have been normal white, but his collars, <laughs> but his cuffs would be presumably what? Gold, gold or platinum? Platinum, platinum, Pla- wrists. platinum wrists. Yes. W- what are those? You'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, convincing win for sale. Bonus uh, point as well. Interesting point on that for Northampton is, despite the t- the awful run they had towards the end of the season, and the number of times you chat to Chris Boyd and you sort of felt a bit sorry for him by the end because you honestly thought, looking at him, he's like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I really got a lot of time for Chris Boyd. He's been given a two-year extension to his contract. That's interesting. Which came, which was announced on Friday morning before the game. He feels yeah. like the right guy for this team. And yeah, I agree with that. I've got to say, I, I mentioned this in the interviews. There's nothing I'm not saying anyway. Um, Northampton seem like a very balanced bunch of individuals. Mm. Like you get different vibes from different teams, and what I do like about Northampton is they all seem to have. I don't know if you want this from your team necessarily, but they all seem to be very balanced. They all seem to have outside interests. They all seem to be, you know, a good, a good professional group. So Henry, seem- Henry Taylor, fine artist. You've got uh, Courtney Laws, who's advising, um, advising groups. Courtney <laughs> Laws is simply one of the better thinkers in. All of rugby. Oh, I agree with that I mean, totally. He's just, he's like, but, he, but he's actually putting that to good use with, uh, you know, trying to influence government policy. You've got Tom Wood, who's 
who takes everyone else to welding lessons. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, uh, who um, who else? What what other stuff in Northampton? I'm trying to build well, a picture of the squad. Yeah, it's not so much they all have individual um, things. That they do. I mean, they do actually, but you know, like twelve of them went on a welding course. Why? Because they just wanted to expand um, expand their skills. Um, who's the other one? He's just come back. Jamie Gibson has got like a cook a cookery blog and does and does photography on the side. Hen- um, Henry does photography on the side. Like, there's just loads. They're just quite an interesting bunch. And sometimes I think rugby players and rugby squads get a little bit carried away with just playing the rugby or just having coffee with the boys. And that so in that respect, I don't know if it's going to help them win any games, but they're a pretty balanced bunch. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I do as well. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I'm go- I was just I was listening to that thinking, why haven't I thought of that? Like just go in something I'm slightly interested in. Why don't just go and do a little evening course in it or something? Why Good. not? Yeah, trumpet. Well, right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's all sorts of things which you can do. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to play drums. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Yeah, mm. Kate, Kate would love that. Yeah, Elect- yeah. Well, I can get an electric drum kit. Yeah, do it. You should do it. By by this time next week, I expect you to. And also, you're in radio, right? Surely you can expense that in some way. If you can't expense audio kit, I can't imagine who can. That's an interesting point. I'd not thought of that. But not that that's for your DJ sets. What would you do? What would you do, (laughs) Phil? If you could, uh, because JB's got his trumpet, I I might become a a drummer. What what Uh, what role in the band are you going? No, no. What uh, what would you? What outside interest have that you haven't got? Would you uh, do? I, I do actually really want to. I've not got time to look into it. I really want to do a um, a wiring course, an electrician's course, just a short course so I can do a bit more. Um, and probably as well a bricklaying course because I've got... I, I, I want to build a dry stone wall in my back garden. Wait a second. So, you know, we're, me and Tim have basically picked two things completely outside of our line of work. You just <laughs> want to be a slightly better surveyor. Um, well, it's kind of stuff that might have some, uh, professional benefits, but I'm certainly not going to be pulling cables on a large construction site anytime soon. Yes, but that is true. I think, because I, I, I can do a bit of electrical work, but... This is very much, I'm sorry, Phil, I'm not having this. This is very much like one of those patronising TV shows where they get, like, the the boss on a couple of million quid to go down and do, I don't know... The the rubbish removal for the day, just just to see how the underlings Mi- the, the millionaire boss or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Under, uh, undercover uh, boss. Under, or, it sounds like yeah. It sounds called. like you're doing undercover. Undercover boss. millionaire. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. It's like the boss of John like Lewis that. wanting to work the till. I don't like that analogy of me being the millionaire boss. You don't like it. Huh. You certainly sound different to this off air. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, I, I really like that about Northampton. I didn't realise. I, I I quite like that, and that's refreshing as well because there's a there's a sense you get a sense sometimes that rugby players are the focus gets narrowed too much too early, and they end up becoming gym monkeys well, as, as teenagers, yeah. and then rug, rugby players who are scratching their head when they get to thirty five and retire about well having, as, having a wider picture on on the world. As you well know, Tim, because of course living with your brother they do have a lot a lot of time free now yeah. if they're not too knackered to do stuff and that is a, a problem that they might well have like, Jamal, like i tell you another one who is ex northampton currently gloucester but someone who's always doing stuff with his free time uh is jamal ford robinson like whether he's doing his gaming channel or he's doing um 
doing doing stuff with cars or something always doing something and quite a lot of the lads you'll find it's weird because i love rugby but a lot of them don't really like it that much I was just thinking as we were saying it, it's funny you say that, I was just thinking going, hold on a minute, I'm doing a rugby podcast. <laughs> 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 Which is, this This is that. Yes, quite. Uh, ben Spencer did have a furniture company and fitted out and fitted out a coffee shop. Really? Yeah. If, if I could go back a few months and get into a, a new uh, little line or a new idea, it would be importing PPE equipment from Hong Kong. Damn it! <laughs> Why didn't we see this? I know! <laughs> Jesus, the money they're chucking around like confetti could have had a bit of that. If only I didn't know... That could have paid for a lot of drum kits. Yes, if only I knew to hoard face masks. We all learn. We all learn. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Other games. That's it. We've, we've done them all, I think. Have we? We have, haven't we? We have. Yeah. we have. So, after this lot of games, um, anyone who you're worried for, anyone who you're... Sur- who are you going to write off after one game? Gloucester. Gloucester. Gloucester or oh. Quinns for me. Oh, yeah. Gloucester. And who's going to win the league? Exeter. Uh, Exeter. Tigers, obviously. <laughs> obviously. One one quick question, right? Because over the weekend, and this was partly through the international rugby, um, but I forgot to mention it yesterday, but uh, Caterpillar Rucks came up again. Yeah. And a lot of people voicing their displeasure at it, and we've got a lot of people tuning in to watch international rugby, and the thought is that it's, mm. it's ruining the spectacle. What? Just firstly, thoughts. I've, I've got... I've got a thought, but I'll you know I'll open the floor first up. I'm happy with them, more than happy with them. I think it is. It's not a hard skill, but it's a team skill. That's what the laws say. Why change it? Uh, so I I just wish the law was um, applied as it's written. Uh, and actually, Wayne Barnes this weekend kind of did it, which is once the ball's secured and ready to play. He should shout, use it, no matter where it is along the caterpillar. And you've still then got the five seconds to get it to the back and kick it. But just sit, just shout, use it very early, as soon as it's available at whatever stage of the caterpillar it pops out at. Okay, so, so just, do, just do that. Let's just dissect it a little bit further. What is the advantage of the caterpillar rock? Just in case uh, people don't quite know what we're talking about. 
prevent so it creates distance from the back foot of the rook where the defending team has to be to where the box kick is going to be which makes it impossible for a charge down okay and what's the downside of the caterpillar rook for the attacking team sorry yeah Uh, yeah for the attacking for the kicking team well the downside for any anything is just the time it takes yeah so i don't think that it's a problem uh, yes, it slows down the game, but also gives the opposition time to re- to, to realign and also get a decent de- decent decent counter counter attacking. You could argue as well that it also ties in much more players to a much narrower part of the field. So if you wanted to open up that attack, you could well do. And you know, if someone can exploit it via a coaching method and within the rules or the laws of the game as already stated i think that's a far better way to go about it rather than saying i'm yeah, not sure you can you've got to get rid of it i'm not sure you can yeah what's how do you exploit it well for a start you've got more t- more time so you can set up your kick kick return and secondly if you've got all of the pack in one place which is usually hugging a sideline logic would dictate you try and attack the attack the other sideline no but you you never have all you I've never seen an eight man well I might have done actually seen an eight man caterpillar but that that's I mean yeah where it's a bit less obvious is say in the dying seconds of the game that's a bit more annoying then well that's why that's why the five second law got brought in I, I just think yeah. a, a lot of a lot of times and this is my perspective on it a lot of times people focus at the teams for doing it but don't blame the teams for doing it because they're trying to win a rugby match and as Phil just said it makes it less likely you're going to get an intercepted kick uh, and that's the reason you do it. So a- any team would coach to do it because it makes what you're trying to do more effective. But so, so don't blame the teams. But if you want to apply pressure, apply pressure on, on the people that are enforcing the laws because referees, for example, uh, have the laws written down about high tackles and they've obviously had directives from on high saying, right, you need to absolutely clamp down on that. I remember a few years ago with the straight feed in the scrum or not straight feed in the scrum as the case may be, they said that they were going to enforce it and then for about three games they did and then they've just let it go and they're not bothered about it anymore and the scrum half just pushes it straight into the into the second row's feet. Uh, so it's actually it's, it's the people deciding the law and exactly what Phil says, the five seconds use it has to start. And here's one idea, and I might even suggest it to the guys at BT Sport, whether or not it will... Uh, come to pass or not but it's you know an idea what about as soon as in those ones where you can see that they're shaping up for a caterpillar ruck have a little count have a little clock uh, yeah maybe have a little five second countdown clock so i've just googled caterpillar ruck okay now i don't know, uh, you know the biases of the google search um certainly doesn't look like a particularly liberal uh, caterpillar ruck but i'm counting the um players here so one two that's three, the exit one isn't it five six seven Eight players, including the scrum half, involved with this ruck. And this is Wales Island. Um, the next one is... Is that players from one, one team or in total? One team. One, two, three, four, five, six. You know, and it, it goes on and on. Oh, Scotland. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. So, I mean, that's almost an entire pack. Um, yeah. You know, so, so that... You are right in saying, look, if someone is putting all of their players within a three-meter channel, there must be some space elsewhere. Yeah, so there's eight in the extra one. The extra one's obscene. <laughs> there's eight, and you include the two blindside players, nine, ten. You know, I mean, what the opposition are doing? Sale. <laughs> um, is it sale or is it? X? It doesn't really matter who it is. 
but there, there, there will be something that you, that you can do. Even if it's catch, pass back one, and then immediately cross-field kick, there is something that you can do. Problem is, you, you most of those kicks are kicks to compete, so there's a load of bodies around, and you get tackled straight away, and it's a... Yeah, so you've got to... Yeah, you're going to have to do... Yeah, you, you're going to have to do something first. As in, catch the ball. Maybe, maybe while they're building a caterpillar, the, the opposition team, the whole pack, forms a a wall and just stands arm in arm and takes up as much width of the field as possible and then just stands still because then they're legally allowed to be there. Well, quite. Uh, and then the defensive team, the cat- so you have a long eight-man caterpillar and you have a wide eight-man wall. I didn't... So just looking... Or- so yeah, this is Worcester. The, the, so the famous one is, Ex- is Exeter Worcester. And that looks photoshopped. It's ridiculous. Looks um, like a human centipede. Yeah, it really does. And all of the Worcester players are looking at this caterpillar. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine players are looking at that. They sh- they should be dropping back. But but whoever Jack Maunder or whoever it is is the scrum half in that. If the if the if the referee had said use it when it was right at the first man's feet. He wouldn't have had time to have moved it back seven players. Yeah, because it's available. Yeah, when it's I agree with that. First man's feet, it's available. The refs are not saying use it quick enough, so bloody get it done. And Wayne Barnes, yeah. you're right at the weekend, was good at it. And, and in reality, most of them are fairly unoffensive, uh, but particularly with Exeter. Like, that is a, re- I've, I've got it in front of me as well. That's a ridiculously exaggerated one. Um, yeah, the one against Worcester where there's nine players in there. Um, but as as Rob Baxter said in your excellent interview last well, stop week, it. Um, that Exeter, they believe they're fitter than other teams. They want to be playing rugby for the majority of the game. They don't want to be slowing it down any more than they absolutely have to so that they can prove that they are a fitter team and beat teams up in the last 10 minutes like they did to Quinns. So yeah. it's, it's not in their interest to slow it down in that manner. But it is in other teams' interests. To, to do so, and like when um, when Saracens went and beat um, beat Leinster with um, uh, well, uh, probably a stronger fifteen, but a significantly weaker bench, it was in Saracens' interest to slow that game down, uh, and they used a lot of caterpillar rooks and a lot of box kicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my word! There's even more. There's so many offensive rooks. I've got to say, I don't have a huge problem with it. I'm okay with it. But I, I just wish the, the refs um, implemented the law slightly yeah. differently. Just just on that point about refs implementing the law, did either of you see the Charlie Yule's yellow card this weekend? Yes, yes. I, I was exactly what I was going to say. Um, when I was saying sometimes it's, it's almost like a dial gets turned up, a sensitivity dial yeah. on certain yeah. laws. And the sensitivity, sensitivity dial on feeding in the ruck and the catapult and using it in five seconds or at least calling use it when the ball is available to start the five seconds has been turned right down. The high tackle one has been turned right up and I understand it and I'm not getting that, but I think that was one of those examples where, well, the guys in comms just sort of went, oh yeah, definitely a yellow card and, you know, potentially should have been a red. I feel really sorry for Charlie Yules in that one. I do as well. I mean, I do. I I can't believe that is as serious in terms of outcome for Charlie Yules as the swing in Georgia normals for... The Georgian number seven, uh, I, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, that, I, I mean, I just don't. It doesn't look like foul foul play is what it comes down to. I thought head on head wasn't was just play on. I guess the argument is it's reckless, isn't it? 
You're not mm. in control. And that's it. I, I, I am in a situation with the laws now, which I think we've done all we can do, and the players are behaving in a perfectly reasonable manner. And you know, you can eliminate all high shots. It can be done. But you can eliminate all crime. You just lock up everyone who who's age every man who's aged eighteen to twenty five, and you'll probably do it. But the thing is, you know, the cost isn't worth the benefit. So we're probably as far as we can go now. I don't think you can change behaviours any further. Rippy players run around the field, and for the most part, abide to the law extremely, extremely well because they want to win a game. And Charlie Yules, by the way, would be exactly the type of player that does that. He's not reckless. You know, he's professional to the nth degree. He is Mr. Sensible by all accounts. You know, if you can't change his behaviour, I don't see you changing anyone else's. Well, the, the most frustrating thing on, with me on this one, so I I would not have given this as a yellow card. I wouldn't have even looked at it twice because I, I thought it was a good hit. He wraps his arm. It's chest on chest. There is then a clash of heads. Mm. Um but the, the frustrating thing about this is, this is obviously Charlie Yules, who is 18 stone, hitting Radawan, who's about 12 and a half stone. Um, that kind of tackle happens 50 times a game. Yep. Just 49 of the 50 are forwards on forwards and nothing ever happens. Uh, as in, it's it's two 18 stone men running at each other. The collision is far more equal. Yeah, all the but one because... man out hits, all the pops from nine to a forward, all like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All, all that kind of stuff. You would, if you're going to start implementing the law like that consistently, you're going to have fifty yellow cards a game. Yeah. Like it, it's it's impossible to implement that that consistently. Yeah, who was the one? so it, so it is therefore by that definition it is totally inconsistent to give that as a yellow card and ignore the others. Now I'm not saying we should have fifty yellow cards a game. I'm saying that should should not have been a yellow card. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's the correct application of the laws. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Georgian case this weekend was they were t- too lenient, and that is actually something which doesn't need to happen. The way that, that Georgian collision happened on t- on Tipperick's head, and then the complete opposite to that would be uh, Yule's, and I think nothing needed to be done there. Yeah, I, I think he was hard done by. Um, I, I I can see there's an argument that he maybe is too upright, but. In that position, when he's got a very fast wing winger looking to step inside or step, hold him up mm. and then go outside, yeah. he can't he can't do anything else. I, th- I thought it was a really really good tackle by Charlie Yules, and I thought it was very hard done by. Agreed, mate. Agreed, agreed. Uh, should we do next week's game games? Yeah. What, what games have we got? What games haven't we got? That's the question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's we have. Good. Just looking again, gutted I lost my FRD matchup, and now I'm playing top of the league. Um, the person I snuck past in the final, uh, so I'm, I'm probably going to be 0 and 2 at the end of this. And the person who's just beaten JB. Yeah. Ooh, first game's good. First game is quite good. Tasty. Friday night, Northern Derby. No, uh, well, it'll be King of the North against King of the North. Um, is Mark Wilson playing? That's a good question. I don't know. Fit this weekend. Or is Gary Graham the new King of the North? That's a great question. He's got a beard worthy of being King of the North. He is, but Steve Diamond, as far as I'm concerned, is still King of the North. Um, <laughs> Newcastle v Sale, uh, uh, away away win. Some quite tasty uh, history here. Um, you, you obviously remember the game where 
Was it Dan Mugford broke his leg? I remember the one where, was it when Newcastle were trying to survive? And, or was it when Sale could have gone down? I can't remember. So this has always been quite a tasty one because they've always been struggling against against each other historically. Obviously, I didn't say balls it up and miss out on top four by losing up at Kingston Park. Basically, yeah, and they also lost a game in the driving rain, and Cam Neal Neal played hooker. That was at the AJ Bell. You might even, I think, you might even be working that game. Tim, you mm. describe it as one of the worst games you've ever seen. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> which of course is wrong. Uh, yeah, worst so, game I've ever seen was another game I worked at, which was Bath. The, no, ba- uh, the, the greatest game of Bath all time. Three Sale Six. Was it three or was all? it Bath three, Sale three, or six six or something? There was, no, no. There was the famous six three to Bath, and we said it can't get any worse. And I'm sure they came off three or was it nine six and then three six? It's dreadful. Anyway, oh, I thought it was. I thought <laughs> they were both excellent games. Um, and this one will not disappoint on the plastic pitch too. I really liked how Newcastle played. I can't really pick many faults in. Their game plan against Bath, I think on the plastic pitch, that will suit them even more. Adam Rad won to get loads of points for my FRD team, Sale to sneak through. That said, I think Sale are going to manhandle them. Um, I, but they're going to do what Bath should have done. and They're going to put Newcastle to the sword. Give me Sale by... Eight points. Yeah, Sale by a score. Yeah. What we got on Saturday then? Any more on Friday This night? No, there's not, but no. this is a cracking game. As in, two teams which we'll learn a lot about. Northampton Harlequins. That's interesting. Yeah, that is Isn't it? At the Gardens, uh, no one's got any significant injuries yet. Um, Courtney Laws is back in training this this week, FYI. Good lad. Um, I would say, give me Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go for a home, win, although home win. But are Quinns missing fewer players? Uh, As in, Quinn, Quinns have got their first choice ten. Saints do not. Mm. Uh, Quinns have got their captain. Saints do not. That's a good point. Uh, Northampton also lose their fly half. They also, yeah, you've said that. Um, they also lose um, a flanker. I just think that they're better coached and better set up than Quinns. And they're yeah. at home. Not at home makes any difference uh, uh, anymore. I still think Northampton. Give me, yeah, give me Northampton then. With RC Tuala to score loads of points. Loads and loads of points. <laughs> um, Bristol-Worcester then is an interesting game. Bristol. At home, um, Bristol. Yeah, about bounce back against Worcester. The, Worcester are still a team that need to be at home or playing teams around them to get a result. As well, Worcester did. Wi- Worcester have had some big wins on the road. I think didn't they even win at Bristol away last year? And they won at Exeter away. Did they? Exeter, yeah. They definitely beat Exeter away, but then I think they might. They might have won at Bristol, but anyway, probably from good. Fa- yeah, well, they're all from good. Oh, they won at Welford Road so. as well, but that wasn't doesn't really count as much. No, that's not really. That's a long time ago as well. That was Ted Hill at the start of the season. Yes. Anyway, so annoyingly on my um, Ultimate Rugby app. I have somehow favourites of Gloucester, so I've need to, I, I have I get all all of their news feed, and also when I'm looking at the fixtures, Gloucester have got a little star next to their name. Uh, so Gloucester Wasps, another good game historically. Certainly would have been a good game last year. I think Wasps will, Wasps should do them. Wasps, give me Wasps. Yeah, I'm going to go for Wasps. I'm. Uh, I want to learn a bit more. I want to see a bit more 
of Gloucester and understand whether that Tigers hammering was a one-off and they can correct it or whether things are really looking uh, pretty dicey for them. Oh, just breaking news. The points have updated and I've snuck a win. Oh, thank God for oh, that. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, how, how have I done? 86.9 uh, my opponent got and I got 88.2. Justice. Disgusting. Ben, Disgusting. Ben Velicott was on minus three, but he got upgraded to minus 0.5. Those 2.5 points have snuck me a win. Wow, Ben and to think he slays it. All I've got playing is Ben Ben Valicott. and Ratso has gone and won his first game. Anyway, sorry, this is all off the po- off of the podcast. Points to update them. Ratso got a win even yeah. without my amazing trade that I offered him. Oh, <laughs> there you go, lovely. Um, yeah, is, uh, do, do, uh, does any part of you look at the Gloucester team and think? Come on, if it just clicks, they're going to be okay. They're going to put some points on someone. Or do we just think that they're a busted flush? So I think when they bring back Paulie, May, Resummit, I think they've got enough firepower to, to trouble teams. Yeah, and if they'd had Paledri as well, because I think he would have been a focal point for that team. They're going to miss him. But Ben Morgan, Very good. Ben Morgan's coming back. He's been injured a lot and missed him last season. He could be great. The, the one area, I think Garvey and Slater are great second rows, but a a line they don't like a line out captain the athletic Ed Slater's the you know, your classic number four tight yeah. headlock and you need a loose headlock we all we all know tight headlock's a real thing they're missing a loose headlock they are actually like did they have oh Mostart devastating Mostert and Grobler devastating as, as we talked about absolutely devastating so, Why, what were they thinking I would swap Thorley for no yeah. no stop it I would swap resummit Thorley. No, any two of Resummit for Thorley and May for one of those locks. Mm. Two, I'd swap. I I would swap one for one because they've got so much talent in the back. Two, two. Yeah, I mean you've still left with one world class back three, and you've already got Banahan, Woodward. We talked Seabrook. about we talked about this last week. What I would have done is kept Purdy on small money. Well, yeah, yep, yeah. and and not. And not sign Johnny May as much as I bloody love that man, but let, he's playing for England mostly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Why? Okay, anyway. What is wrong with there you, you people? Go. Um, George Skivington, we're here if you need some uh, <laughs> some advice. <laughs> not advice, some uh, what was the word for uh, advice. Like consultant? <laughs> if you want us to come in as recruitment consultants, we, we well, could be like the general manager yeah. for Gloucester. Well, I mean, I have said, I have said openly and on Twitter that I'll happily fix Ireland's lineup. <laughs> and they only need to pay me 60% of what they're paying their current forwards coach. And it's obviously part-time, but that is reflected in the, in, in the amount which I'll charge. Quite right. Um, extra bath? Ooh, tasty. Extra. Yeah, it's... I think after this week, this is a fixture which is far more tasty on paper than it is in reality. Didn't bath go down to Sandy Park and win at the end of last season? Maybe. Yes, I mean, but against the kids, wasn't it? The problem with this game now, not the problem, but the way it's different to in the past, is that in the past it was the plucky underdogs Exeter wanting to upset their big local rival, and now battered the pl- battered the plucky underdogs, which is insane, really. Exeter to win, and probably handsomely. Yeah, Exeter. It, it, it's a repeat of the semi-final in which Exeter ultimately bullied um, a stronger Bath team than is going to be out this weekend. So, give me Exeter. 
So the last game on a Sunday, one which I will be watching uh, at quarter past four, London Irish versus Leicester. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Ooh, I li- like the sound of that. The new Brentford Stadium as well. We get a good oh, first awesome. look at that. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to that now. Um, London Irish for me. I th- I'm going to go Irish at home with the new stadium. I remember they won their first game back in the Premiership at Twickenham a couple of years ago. They beat, uh, they might have beaten Wasps. But. Was it, was it Worcester? I can't remember who they beat, but. If Leicester win and make it two on the bounce. Yeah. And they've been really successful by effectively sacrificing a member of their coaching staff a week before. Do they sacrifice more coaching staff in order to keep the. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like you, it's like you said. Uh, what's his name? Cam Redpath. Uh, they Pay get triple his salary, and he's been awesome. So, <laughs> Leicester. The more coaches you fire, the better that, you get. Are they going to start hiring coaches just to fire them, like on the Friday before, like a sacrifice? Please, please the rugby gods. Exactly right. Exactly right. And every week it's going to get more and more brutal and more and more bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might be on something. But if if Leicester do go two from two then we've probably got some humble pie to eat because we were we were talking about them as basically I, I mean I was saying they could end up bottom of the table but but again miss out on being relegated because uh, of another te- I technicality s- well I still think they're the worst team in, in the league after, actually after seeing Newcastle Newcastle are not the worst team, but I don't know how much of this is a blip. I don't know. I, Leicester have got Foreman being being terrible, but they just need to hang on until George Ford gets back. That's all they need to do. Mm. And maybe that's where Wigglesworth comes in. Mm. And Zach Henry's yeah. good. Well, I, I, he, think, yeah, I think Zach Henry Irish will win. But you, I, think, I think we'll see a better performance from Leicester than we otherwise would have done. It's good we can, it it's good we can watch year. them on the telly, albeit... Don't forget, until Christmas, at least, every game is on BT Sport in some capacity. Yes. A lot a lot on the red button, but there you go. How, awesome. how nice are BT Sport? They're all nice. Do you know what? I am a huge fan of having games streamed. It is so good. It just makes so much more. I watch... If there's a choice of watching BT Sport on TV or on, or on my device, I always watch it on, on my device. I absolutely love it. In fact, I would love BT Sport to have... One of this, I either partner up with Amazon or do something so you can just watch it directly on smart on on your on, on, your, on your smart TV because I prefer watching it on the app than I do on the Skybox. I, I think the BT Sport app is brilliant. Um, well, I, I watch all mine on my laptop, um, and I think it's great. It really, really is good. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So there we are. Another podcast done. Hit subscribe in that feed if you haven't listened to the international one that came out. Well, before this one, then uh, it's right there in the feed waiting. We've got loads of extra interviews and stuff. JB's got uh, his R- Rugby Dungeon podcast with loads of other interviews, and you can find him at Rugby Dungeon on rugby, Twitter. Yep, the Rugby Dungeon. The Rugby Dungeon. I, I apologise. We are at Rugby Podcast. Uh, and here we are, two episodes down already in Season 7 of the podcast. And just to let you know, the next podcast we will do, we will be unveiling uh, the vision. We've got a seven-year itch now. And uh, we're going to be scratching that with some uh, with some new plans, some new thoughts. Even in these difficult times right now, we are not stopping planning for the future. And uh, we really appreciate you listening and being part of it. 
So, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.